Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Friday's edition of the programme with John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Obviously, our focus of attention, certainly for the first hour of the programme, is going to be on the coronavirus with a case now confirmed here in Cork. And this is the first case confirmed of somebody who has the coronavirus who hasn't travelled overseas or hasn't been in contact with somebody known to have travelled overseas in the sense now that which was expected the coronavirus was going to get into the community and it looks like it is in the community. There's been a number of calls even before this particular case was confirmed for cancellation of events where a lot of people would gather and a lot of people are talking about the St. Patrick's Day parades which are only a couple of weeks away. We're hearing this morning that the the organisers of the Yall St. Patrick's Day parade which is Yall for All have taken a decision and Helen Heafy the Secretary of Yall for all is on the line. Good morning to you, Helen. Good morning, Patricia. Helen, you may, you've made the decision to, to cancel. We did. It was with a heavy heart we did it, but we just thought for the safety of the young and old in the community, it was better for us to cancel this year and concentrate on next year. And you've got out in, in enough time, yes, you know, exactly. with, without doing it the day before. No, there's no point waiting to the last minute, Patricia, because people have their floats ready. The kids are all hyped up about going into the parade. And we just felt, no, do it now before people are too in, involved in doing things for the parade, then before they get too invested in it. And you feel there was a sense around you all that people will back you on this and, and say, yeah, this is the right decision? Yes, I do. I think so. Yeah, we have good people knowing you all that we're a good group and we don't take decisions lightly. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. do it unless we really felt we had to and this is a decision the committee made last night and we will stand over it. Okay and you know something Helen I have a funny feeling you're going to be the first of many I don't, I don't think this is going to be the only St. Patrick's Day. I think Day. so yeah. I think so as well yeah. Okay you yeah. see you're, you're leading the way on this one for sure Okay, we but, are you breaking news. And it'll be it'll be all systems go for St. Patrick's Day Parade 2021 2021 <laughs> we have the vision of it already. Well done well done thanks Helen. <laughs> thanks and uh, thanks Thanks for joining us, Helen Heafy, Secretary of Y'all for All, who are, and I'm, I'm open to correction, but I haven't seen any other St. Patrick's Day parade anywhere in the country cancel. So I think they're the first. And as I say, I have a funny feeling they're going to be the first of many. So that's the St. Patrick's Day parade in Y'all uh, cancelled for this year due to the coronavirus. And the health officials now scrambling 
to try to contact as many people as possible who may have been exposed to coronavirus after the number of confirmed cases yesterday doubled. Uh, it's now confirmed that we've got 13 people diagnosed with the illness that was seven more tested positive uh, yesterday. Now it's uh, according to some of the newspaper reports, two of the women who have contracted and tested positive yesterday for the coronavirus are in the west uh, of the country and they were they contacted the illness they're linked to the GP and his family from County Clare who tested positive for the coronavirus after travelling to Northern Italy. This was the cluster case that we were talking about yesterday from County Clare. When we were talking about the cluster case, we were talking about two adults and two children. We didn't realise when we were initially talking about the case that the the father of the family is a GP. And the problem is that this GP may have exposed scores of patients to the infection. After he returned to work, he'd been away on a skiing trip. It's understood that the GP carried out normal his normal practice surgery on several days. But he also did a shift in a busy hospital A and E department. Now, when the doctor returned from the skiing trip to Italy, the area he had travelled to wasn't listed as an at-risk group. So because of that, he wasn't obliged to self-isolate for 14 days. He would only have been obliged to self-isolate if he had symptoms. And in his defence, sources are saying that the GP in question checked with public health authorities after arriving home He was given the green light to work in the emergency department because he didn't have any symptoms. Um, And he um, so he went on and worked. And then I think they were home nine days when the family started to present with symptoms. And then, of course, they were all tested. And then it turned out that all of them have the coronavirus. Now, that in that advice has changed in that if that GP or any other health professional returns from an at-risk group. While the general public are told you you don't need to self-isolate unless you have symptoms, but health workers are now the exception and they're being asked not to go to work for 14 uh, days. And I know in the United Kingdom, they're saying to try to stop it in the United Kingdom. Anyone who comes back from any of the at-risk groups are being told to self-isolate whether you have symptoms or not. But we're we're, we're changing the... we're, We're doing it differently here, but now at least... As in from yesterday, health workers are now being told they must self-isolate if they've been to any of the affected regions. So I'm assuming if that doctor now had come back, we we wouldn't be in this particular situation. Well, certainly he and he he wouldn't have gone to work. And and it's now believed that the two women who've tested positive in the east were linked to the GP and his uh, family. And of course. The case that we are all most concerned about, and it's the case we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes, is to do with the case here in Cork. This is the case of coronavirus of a a male patient who had not travelled overseas. A patient in CUH has contracted the virus, but unlike all of the other cases, this man had not been to northern Italy in recent days. It's believed that this person wasn't in contact 
with any of the existing known cases. And of course now what everyone is talking about, the, this raises the spectre of community spread of the virus. It's understood the detection involves a man living somewhere here in Cork. He was being treated for a separate and unrelated health condition at Cork University Hospital. All those who are in close proximity to the patient, including doctors and nurses, uh, will now have to be traced and uh, tested. And of course, as we heard this morning, uh, they're self-isolating 60 staff at CUH, which is a huge, huge number for CUH. It is going to put the hospital under immense uh, pressure. And I can already see Anne uh, is on to us saying, Patricia, do we know what part of Cork County this man, who's currently a patient in CUH, is from? Is it east? Is it west? Is it north? Is he from the city? We, the public, need to know where this gentleman is from to reduce a lot of fear and panic. I'm afraid now to leave my house this morning as someone or a number of people in County Cork has the coronavirus. I don't know if I will come across that person carrying the virus and they don't know it. What will we do? I'm getting very worried for my elderly parents, says Anne. Well, listen, there's been so much talk on social media last night and we're even getting calls in today from people saying that they know where the man is from. The HSE are not going to confirm to us where this gentleman is from. All they're saying is that he's a patient and that he's currently in CUH. But they're not they're, they're not in any way going to uh, tell us. And I know that the HSE is particularly con- concerned that inappropriate postings on social media have come very close to identifying people. And they're, they're fearful that that can make other people reluctant to come forward to be tested for the coronavirus. The Health Authority's Chief Executive Paul Reid said the authority had received information about one particular social media post of someone who has been tested in the community for the virus and they say that's what they want to avoid. They say it's stigmatising areas, it's stigmatising schools, it's stigmatising people and Paul Reid said it's not where we need to end up in the process. That's what they're trying to protect. He said the authority had to find a balance between what was right for the wider public public's good and respecting the privacy of people who have tested positive for the virus. So they say everything has been done to protect the person's identity. And I know certainly when they mentioned that three schools yesterday were closing in the east or the west of the country. This was the the schools that were associated to the GP and his family, the cluster who returned back from Northern Italy. Within minutes, it was up on Facebook, the names of the schools, because parents who had received the text message or received an email from the school the night before to say, because this coronavirus, our patient has been diagnosed with coronavirus associated with the school school. People straight away knew exactly what schools it was so you could nearly pinpoint where the family was living by where the schools that had closed down. But it's trying to get this... The HSE are saying they have to get the balance. They have to respect the patient's right to privacy. But they say they, they don't want to start naming areas where the coronavirus is because they're fearful that that will stigmatise people and it will stop people coming forward. Whether they're right or wrong, I don't know. But that's the way it is at the moment. So there's no point us even trying to get onto the HSE uh, for um, to allay Anne's fears to say, can you tell us what part of the city or county was this man from and was he out and about in the community and do we own 
need to be panicking. They, they, they simply will not tell us uh, that information. Uh, another texter says the testing is still continuing in hospitals, exposing the patients and the frontline staff. We desperately need what is the rationale in that we'll be playing catch up for the foreseeable future, says a texter. Good morning, Patricia. Listening to you regarding the person in Cork with the virus, it's obvious that it's airborne, says Pat. It's, no, it absolutely is not an airborne virus. It's a droplet virus, which means that somebody who has the virus, when they sneeze or cough, if they're not properly putting handkerchiefs, tissues to their mouth and disposing of them properly, all you need is a tiny amount of the droplet to land on the person's hand or if they sneeze openly and a droplet lands somewhere, you're going along, Pat, you put your hand on somewhere where that droplet is or has been and then you put your hand anywhere near your nose, your mouth or your eyes. That's how it's spreading. It's been categorically proven. All the experts are saying it is not Airborne, it is absolutely, definitely a uh, droplet. 1850 uh, John says, Patricia, they are doing nothing here to prevent the virus. It'll be everywhere shortly, says John. And the HSE will defend that, John, by saying it's up to everybody to protect themselves in the good hand hygiene, constantly washing your hands. And if you've got any of the sanitising gel uh, to, to use that. Um, and that's, they'll say that that's as much as they can do to protect people outside. You've, you've, we've all got to try to do what, what we can to protect ourselves. And um, hi, Patricia. My daughter accompanied her friend to CUH yesterday to the outpatients department. They were there in the afternoon between 2 and 5pm and they, are just ho- they were just home when we heard of the patient who was diagnosed, do they need to self-isolate, signed a very worried mother in North Cork. Well, well, what we are doing this morning is we're bringing on Dr Nick Flynn, who gave us, I thought, great advice last week before we had a case here in uh, Cork. So I would put your question uh, to him and we're asking anybody else that has a question who worried and concerned, you know, if you have a direct question that Dr Nick can answer, please get it into us. 1850 or if you want to text or WhatsApp, you can to 0862103103 and I actually had an email in uh, as well when we're talking about the HSE saying to us all we need to protect ourselves with good hand hygiene. There are some things that certainly can be can that the authorities can do and that's making sure that anywhere where members of the public are where there are toilets that we have everything available to us to make sure that we can wash our hands properly because Anthony sent in an email to Patricia at c103.ie to say I went for a walk to Donnerell Park today this was uh, yesterday as I live locally I visit the park a few times a month I used the toilet in the park and unfortunately both hand wash dispensers were empty. With the outbreak of coronavirus, it's important that the OPW will solve this issue ASAP. Can you raise this issue on your programme this morning, please? Uh, Kind regards, um, Anthony. Okay, we'll see if we can get on to the OPW for Donnerail Park and make sure and Anthony has sent on photographs. I mean, the photographs I'm looking at, the the toilets and the hand, the, the sinks, 
all look spotlessly clean except both of the hand dispensers are completely uh, emptied and that certainly is something that the powers that be should be on top of. They should be making sure that any public areas like that that we have the proper soap and hand sanitations and everything that we need to protect ourselves. Anthony, thank you for your email. Just quickly to get some of your texts and I promise I'll do my very best to get through as many of your texts and uh, calls. Phone lines have been very busy. John Paul is flat out answering calls so bear with us on that but remember you can use our text and WhatsApp service 0862 103 103 WhatsApp says, Patricia, it's too late to worry about the political correctness of this disease. It simply is time to lock down everything at the moment, like what they've done in Wuhan in China. They seem to be controlling the number of new cases since they restricted all movements. It's madness that tourists are not being refused entry and returning residents from hot spots are not being put into quarantine and self-isolation on arrival. Flights, public transport and any non-essential activities should be cancelled for the next two weeks. It's a small price to pay to try to stem the spread of this disease. We're an island. We should be able to contain the virus without aggressive planning, says a uh, WhatsApper. Thank you for that. Actually, somebody else is picking up on the fact that we are an island, says Patricia. I always thought because we were an island, we would be safe from a virus like this with a bit of common sense. Um, But I, I don't have much faith in Simon Coveney. In Simon Coveney being uh, involved um, and CUH is a time bomb. This listener fears that CUH is a time bomb and will there be more cases come out of CUH? Only time will tell. 1850 Let's take a break and we'll come back and get an update on what is happening at Cork University Hospital. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Egfoilemach quiddenanihe is farlin. Shot eight thrower C103 air kirkig. Oskliach park glown the tromore lediani, erin devo yas dungahesh, as this fader shoe, nutamontrige, hogalor odiger fader yon of Safork, ha rian BMX an, unadakwech de fener, is fader rugby at Immertown, dollar q lodi, agas ta un dome aun, is fader raika oiler galor does not deal sun to shatagurkig, unwinta fiachanisha, ha park glown the tromore, erin devo yas dungahesh. Nukta, quid denaniha is fari gorkig, C103. Containment and risk assessments continue at Cork University Hospital after a man tested positive yesterday for coronavirus. It was confirmed last night that the case of a patient at CUH is the first community transmission in the country. Our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran joins me. Good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning, Patricia. Okay, at this stage, what is known about this man and this particular case? Well, what we know so far is that it's a middle-aged man and that he was living in Cork. Now, the HSB haven't specified where in Cork he was from or where he was living or where he was working. But we do know that he had been admitted to CUH as a patient over the last few days and he was being treated for an unrelated illness. And it was after he wasn't responding to the treatment that doctors carried out further tests and one of those tests was a test for COVID-19 and he tested positive for the coronavirus yesterday. Um, so obviously now, Patricia, um, there is concern amongst people who've been in CUH over the last few days, but, um, the, C- but the Department of Health have confirmed this morning that a tracing process did begin yesterday, and health officials were trying to contact 
and track everybody who was in contact with this man and who was in close proximity with this patient over the last few days. And I understand that that process has been completed and that all healthcare um, staff and patients were in close proximity to this man have been contacted. And that six over 60 staff at CUH have now been advised to self-isolate for the 14 days. Um, and we know, Patricia, that this man hadn't been to any of the affected areas. Now, a lot of the majority of cases that have been confirmed in Ireland, the people had travelled over from or had returned home from northern Italy. But this man hadn't been to any of the affected areas, nor had he been in contact with any of those confirmed cases. So that means that, um, you know, they have a, a job now to try and track down where he contracted the virus from and who he was in contact with. And it's the first case in Ireland of this, what they call community transmission so it's um you know i suppose it brings a whole new worry to people about the coronavirus and the spread of coronavirus because we knew before that people who had come back from air from high-risk areas had been told if they were showing any symptoms to self-isolate but this is the first case now where a person has tested positive for the test and for the, te- for the virus and who hasn't been overseas to any of the affected areas. Okay, and we're getting, I have to say, inundated with people asking uh, why the HSE won't say exactly what part Mm. of Cork City or County this man is from. Yeah, since... um since the first case was confirmed in Ireland, the HSE have been at pains to try and protect the identity of people. Now, they say that this is for the patient's um, own good. They don't want them to be made public. Um, but they also are afraid that if patient's um, identity has become public knowledge, that other people who are showing symptoms and who may have been in high-risk areas and who believe they may have coronavirus will not come forward. And, you know, we already know now that we have this case where this man contracted coronavirus from somebody who either had um, coronavirus and was showing very uh, minor symptoms and didn't seek any uh, medical attention or somebody who had coronavirus and who suspected they may have had coronavirus but didn't seek any medical attention or didn't bring it to anyone's attention. And they don't want that to happen. They don't want people... To, um, you know, to, to contract the virus and not tell anyone and risk spreading it to other people. But, you know, there is that argument from people that, you know, what if I was in contact with this man? How do I know if I was in contact with him? Um, and the HSE and the Department of Health are saying that they are going to contact everyone who was in contact with this person. We know the incubation period is 14 days. They have insofar as they know, contacted everyone who would have been in contact with him in uh, CUH. Now they have well, have they contacted the people out in the wider community who would have been they in contact? They haven't said that, yes, but I suppose that's uh, part of uh, what this process, this tracing process, um, and they're going to have to do that, I suppose, over the next few days as well. Now, if this man worked with a particular company, I'm assuming that everyone in that company will have been informed. And we know that, well, We've been told by the health authorities that you can't contract it just from walking up the street. Um, you have to be in close proximity to a person and you have to be in close proximity to them for a certain length of time. Now, they're saying 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, people who are afraid that they may have been in contact with this man at their local post office or their local shop, I don't think that they need to have any fears. It's people who would have been in close 
contact with him for a certain amount of time. For more than 15 minutes. And, and, yeah. and I keep emphasising it's not airborne, it's droplet. That's right, yeah. yeah. We know that the symptoms, one of the symptoms is coughing and sneezing. So obviously saliva or bodily fluids will um, be passed on in that way. So, um, you know, that's... And look, I suppose if people are concerned, they can contact their GP but uh, and get a test done. We know that there have been many, many tests done and the majority of them have tested positive, have tested negative, negative for Cork. Yeah. But, you know, I think people... Um, you know, understandably, there is a lot of concern in the community in Cork today. Um, but I think that, you know, that the health professionals are saying they are going to contact people who've been in contact with this man. So if you don't hear from the health professionals, I think you're, it's safe to say that you haven't been in touch with this man or you haven't been in contact with this man. And, and that you will be OK. We we yeah. just spoke a couple of minutes ago with Helen Heafy, the Secretary of Y'all for All. Uh, Y'all have decided to cancel their St. Patrick's Day Parade. Do you, now that it's we know it's in the community, can mm. you see others following suit? Yeah, the um, I actually spoke the other day. The, the Chinese ambassador to Ireland had a press conference here in Cork the other day and I put the question to him about the St. Patrick's Day events and about health author- uh, about the authorities making a decision on whether or not to continue with that, and um, they he said no. He didn't say directly that they should be cancelled, but he did say that in China, at the start of the spread of this virus, they had to take some very tough decisions. And he said that authorities here need to make a very responsible decision, and they need to make that very quickly. And the Lord Mayor of Cork was there that day, and he said he didn't think that they needed to cancel any parades at this stage. But now that we have this uh, case of community transmission... It's a different um, story. It's a different story, It's a yeah. different story. And we can learn from China. China have managed to get a handle on it, but they took very severe... Um, Restrictions, and I mean they—they they basically locked the country down. I don't know, yeah. and they're a different country. They're a communist country. It's easier for them to do it than it would be yeah. over here. But there are there are certainly st- things we can learn from China and steps that mm-hmm. we can take. Only time yeah, will tell. It, it was interesting. They said that um, in China, any of the recent cases this week, they weren't from people who had been in contact with people from in China. It was from people who had travelled over from northern Italy and were bringing it back into the country. So, um, you know, I think uh, I think a decision is going to be made today at a national level about what to do with um, St. Patrick's Day parades and events. I think you all could be one of the first in the country to decide to cancel their parade. But um, I, I can't imagine that other, other parades will follow suit. OK. And finally, you mentioned the 60 staff at uh, CUH who now have to self-isolate for two weeks mm-hmm. uh, because of this case. Is that going to put enormous pressure on CUH? Yeah, and obviously it's... We all know that it's a hospital that has um, that has been suffering with severe overcrowding and severe staff shortages. Now, with sixty staff um, being told to self-isolate, obviously out of the system, um, and the UH has taken measures. That they announced uh, yesterday evening that there's strict visitor restrictions in place, but they've also cancelled all outpatient appointments today. And um, I suppose that's going to alleviate some of that pressure. And also Cork University Maternity Hospital has announced similar measures today. There are strict visitor restrictions and all gynaecology outpatient appointments have been cancelled. But I suppose the fear now, Patricia, is that how many more staff are going to be taken out of the system? Will we have more cases confirmed if this man was a patient? He was a patient there. Has he 
like have other patients contracted this. So I think over the next few days, yeah. um, it's going to to tell a lot. I know Dr. Chris Luke. I'm just about to meet him there now, and he has said that you know he fears for the next couple of weeks for CUH because we just don't know what's going to happen. Will there be more staff taken out of the system because they have to go into self isolation for two for two weeks? And I suppose it's an important message as well from CUH that they issued yesterday that if people are um, concerned that they may have coronavirus, if they've travelled back from a high-risk area or been in contact with a known case and are showing symptoms, they're asked not to come to the emergency department in any of the hospitals, but to go into a well-ventilated room, bring their phone and contact their GP. Um, and for anybody else who has an emergency situa- medical situation or if, they're, if they feel they need to go to the emergency department, they're asked maybe first of all contact their GP or South Dock or look at the other alternatives that there are available to them before coming to the emergency department. Okay, listen, we'll let you go off and, and speak to uh, Dr. Chris Luke. If, if you, anything breaks between now and the end of the programme, we'll come back to you. Yeah. Uh, if not, no doubt we'll speak to you again on Monday, uh, Fiona. And look after Thank yourself, you. mind yourself as well. Thank you. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. That is Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter. Now, we're going to take a break and then we're back chatting with uh, Dr. Nick Flynn, who's going to give advice to all of us as members of the public. Now that we know the coronavirus is in the community, how do we protect ourselves and our loved ones? If you've got questions, 1850-333-103, text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel & Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie is one of the world's most popular performers. Selling over 150 million records. With 33 top 40 hits. And 23 Grammy nominations. Now, see him live in New York VIP style. With C103. to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Madison Square Garden on May 2nd. Stay listening to C103. Then text or WhatsApp every time Billy Joel plays. For your chance to get in the grand final. Billy Joel in the Big Apple. With AmigoLoans.ie. On Cork's greatest hits, C103. Public concerns have now been raised after the first community transmission of coronavirus in the country has been confirmed here in Cork. Joining me with advice to the general public once again is Nick Flynn of mygp.ie and Grenada. Good morning to you, Nick. Uh, Good morning. uh, You're welcome. Now, you told us last week that there would definitely be a case in Cork. It was inevitable, wasn't it, that this was going to happen? Yes, uh, our international experience with this uh, virus is that we were going to get more cases in Ireland and it is likely over the coming days that the number of cases, confirmed cases, will increase and that will go on for a number of weeks. Does it concern you that this particular CUH case uh, is the, confirms the virus is in the community? Uh, it changes our outlook slightly, but I think it's important that before we talk about what how it might change our outlook to just remind people and listeners that for the majority of people this is a mild viral infection from which they make a full recovery but we do have to be aware
diabetes, heart problems, lung problems particularly, that this can be a, a significant illness. Um, and in that regard, now that there has been some community spread, we need to be more, a little bit more judicious about uh, our own behaviour. And, and that would really be that we remember our cough etiquette. So if you're sneezing and coughing, you sneeze and cough into a tissue, which you dispose of, then wash your hands or sneeze and cough into your shoulder or elbow. Um, and also that you, you would be aware uh, that hand washing and soap and water is as effective as anything else. Uh, and the key times for hand washing are after you use the toilet, when you're preparing food before you eat, um, and at any stage where you've kind of been in public contact. So if you're out and about, you, when you arrive home, wash your hands. And when your hands may not have been washed, and probably at all times, avoid contact with your face. And you'd be surprised how often we put our hands to our face. Absolutely. I, I, I think I've only had an awareness of it since we've started talking about it. I, if, you, if you actually focus on it, you will be surprised at how many times you do touch your face. Yeah. And even indirectly, you're using a biro at work and you have to take a phone call and the biro goes into your mouth. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, 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 that's the contact. So we just need to be careful about that. And I think that, look, we're going to get more uh, details and quality information from the public health uh, doctors in the coming days. But I think it would be prudent for people to, when, when you're meeting now, if there is community to spread the virus, that we would stop shaking hands, for example, very simple. Like, the, again, the virus is not airborne, right? So it's spread to sneezes and coughs or contact with an infected surface. So by avoiding hand contact with each other, we're potentially avoiding contact with an infected surface, which could be somebody's hand. Yeah. Um, but, but if you're in somebody's company and they're not sneezing and coughing, you're very unlikely to, to get um, uh, to contract the virus. Uh, Dave in Connor, when you're talking about it being droplet, uh, is, is says, what about spitting, which I have to say is, is pretty disgusting, but should spitting be banned? Uh, yes, I mean, spitting is an unusual, and I think not very widespread, but yes, any respiratory droplets, and that would include saliva. But the thing for people to realise is that these are relatively heavy droplets, and a sneeze or a cough won't propel uh, droplet beyond a metre and that's why the advice from the public health doctors is that if you haven't had more than 15 minutes contact with a known case where you're within 2 metres of contact so it's more than 15 minutes inside 2 metres of contact with a known case is what they're classifying as a, a one of the new risks OK unless somebody sneezed or coughed on top of you obviously Oh well yeah. absolutely now, um, a lot of people are asking this, including Ollie in Mallow. After the 14 days incubation time and self-isolation, could you still be a carrier? Could you still could you still have it even if you isolated for 14 days? Uh, it, it, it's unlikely at that stage because you would be symptomatic and you would know you have it. So this, the 14 days is internationally accepted as the safe uh, isolation period to, 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 to stop community spread. It might be helpful... Patricia, just to talk about self-isolation and what that looks like. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so it is reasonably simple, right? So it it does involve stopping socialisation, so stopping social interactions, but it means staying at home with a window open. Um, Keep away from others as much as possible. Household contacts if you can. 
obviously that's very difficult for parents of young children. Um, use your own towel, use your own knife, fork, cup, plates, utensils. Wash countertops regularly, wash doorknobs, keyboards, laptops and phones, whatever else. And if possible, and you've been told to self-isolate, if, there's, if it's possible to use a separate toilet in the house to everybody else, that's what you should do. And it's just staying it's it's just staying indoors away from everybody else and have nobody calling into the house. Yeah. Uh, Angela in Mallow says if you get the coronavirus and you get better from it which as you say the majority of people will because it's a mild viral infection uh, are you then immune to the to the virus or can you get so, it again? We're learning more about this virus all the time and again the international experience is that actually there can be secondary infections and we're seeing that particularly with healthcare workers. So you know, this is not in Ireland, this is experience in Italy, experience in China, that uh, that yeah, that most viral infections, and that's absolutely correct, that once you make a recovery, you, your immune system mounts a response, you are then immune to that virus. This novel coronavirus are, 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 um, seems to be that you can get a secondary infection. Okay, but a nasty, nasty one indeed. Uh, now, there was a lot, a number of people have contacted us because they were in CUH yesterday. We had one mother who was on to us to say her daughter and her friend were up at CUH uh, at the accident emergency department between two and five yesterday. And obviously they came home, then heard the news. Uh, she's worried out of her mind, should they be self-isolating? And others are saying, people who were at CUH yesterday, should they self-isolate now? Uh Public, I suppose the contact tracing we were told has been is complete for this case. Uh, Sixty staff members have been told uh, to self isolate for two weeks. Um, anybody else that you would have met in the hospital would be contacts of a contact. And at the moment, there is no need for concern in that in, in that group of people. So if, if people have a cause of concern, particularly people who have been in A and E and have registered, so the hospital has their contact details. If it's decided that they're uh, a risk, they will be contacted by the public health department. Uh, hi, Patricia. I have a relative who is in CUH at the moment with a broken hip. Uh, could you ask Dr. Nick, could she be transferred to another hospital uh, as she's after her operation? Um, again, that, that's, I suppose that, that, that's a question for the hospital management themselves. I, I would think that within the hospital, the especially at this stage, there are appropriate infection control measures. And I'm not sure what the benefit of going to another hospital would be, to be honest. Uh, so, so I don't think that would be possible. That would be my, would be my impression. Um, although all patients who are fit for discharge, I, I, I would anticipate, would be discharged in early course, given the current situation and the need to, to free up capacity in the hospitals and to absolutely keep overcrowding in the emergency department at a minimum. Yeah, and they're down 60 staff as well with the self-isolation. They're going to be under huge pressure. Uh, Molly, go on. No, I think one of the learning points, and there will be many, I think one of the learning points from from the uh, coronavirus will be that we absolutely need to sort out the overcrowding in our emergency department. Yeah, absolutely. They're not designed for care of patients and trolleys in corridors from lots of different reasons, for safety, health and safety reasons, but also for infection control reasons. And they're not designed to prevent the spread of infectious diseases. 
Okay, here's an interesting one from Molly to say, hi, I have to go to a removal this evening. Uh, And of course, there will be a lot of shaking of hands. Would Dr. Nick have any advice? Uh, My my advice would be not to shake hands at the moment. I think until we know absolutely what what is uh, the level of community spread, I think that we should limit personal contact, shaking of hands, embracing I think a hug and uh, a shake of the hands is an unnecessary personal contact at the moment until we find out absolutely what it is. But again, to come into the fact that this is conservative advice for people, people should not panic and should not be overly worried. These are things that we need to do to stop community spread. Could you ask Dr Nick what advice would you give to home helps to protect themselves and to to protect their clients? They're going from house to house thanking you that's from Francis. Again, to look at the definition of what a household of a coronavirus risk is at the moment, um, uh, unless the child has travelled to an infected area or known contact, or sorry, contact with a known case of coronavirus for over 15 minutes within two metres of contact and have a fever or, or unwell respiratory symptoms, you're not regarded to be at risk. Uh, any advice, asks uh, Tommy Ambitious Town for people who will be out and about at the weekend? <laughs> no, um, no kissing anyway, Tommy, no. that's for sure. <laughs> so look, I think we're going to get this an evolving situation and I think we're going to get more information from the public health doctors today, I would expect, and if not tomorrow, and, and that will give us advice about public gatherings. But um, like, if you, if you look internationally, France has decided to ban public gatherings of over 5,000 people. So I think it's unlikely that Tommy is going to be in a group of over 5,000 people. But again, if you're in contact with somebody who has been to northern Italy and was exhibiting symptoms in the last two weeks, or somebody who was in contact with a known case of the coronavirus, uh, I, I would uh, be very cautious with shaking hands and with physical contact. Okay, and on the 15-minute rule, just very briefly, Elaine was on, said if you're travelling on a bus and the bus journey is over 20 minutes, if a person is was infected on the bus, would you all be at risk on the bus? Again, that's a question for public health. I think contact tracing in a, in a, in a bus situation would be challenging and it's going to become more challenging. But the direct risks would be for the people within two metres. But of course, if somebody coughs and sneezes and doesn't observe good cough etiquette, uh, and then touch the handrail, there is potential yeah. for, for... OK. Uh, all right. All right. Just try to... Everyone should please try and stay calm, but the good... The yeah, hand... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Keep washing those hands. So, OK. So, 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 so the advice that we've been giving all along remains... Remains the same. Advice. Wash your hands, good cough, good cough etiquette, disinfect surfaces on public areas if, if there's in a public-facing uh, service uh, and uh, and keep an eye on the HSE website uh, and if anybody has any, any concerns the HSE helpline is very informative one eight fifty twenty four one eight fifty. Okay, listen we'll talk again and Nick it's always Thank a pleasure you. and mind yourself as well uh, you're out on the face of it thanks for that and thanks for joining us that is uh, Dr Nick Flynn of mygp.ie and Christine oh no somebody wants to point out uh, Patricia spitting was banned in Ireland uh, since 1958 and why was it banned in 1958 because of TB Court today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow call and collect or get 7 day delivery for those 
Glasgow's Cozy Nights in lowcostfuel.ie. C103 Anthems. Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A lot of calls and texts coming in. Uh, obviously, you've guessed on the coronavirus and people's concerns. Let me just give you a sample of uh, some of the calls and texts that we have been uh, receiving. Patricia, the virus was in the hospital yesterday, CUH. They are not leaving visitors into the hospital and appointments, all outpatient appointments were cancelled today. So why in God's name are they sending discharged patients from the hospital? I know of a man who came home last night and he needs carers. What is going to happen now? My motto is no one in, no one out. Lock the hospital down completely. I can't see that happening and I don't know if that is the best advice. It's certainly not the advice that the public health doctors are giving because even when I asked Dr Nick about that, about people leaving the hospital and being discharged, people will be discharged as uh, normal. Uh, But then again, this patient who was in the hospital um, and then when he was in the hospital, they discovered, I don't know how many days he was in there, that he had the coronavirus. He wouldn't have been in contact with everybody in the hospital. Obviously, it's the the people in the ward that he was with. And, uh, but... 60 staff have been told to self-isolate. So he's obviously he's come in contact. But would he have directly come in contact with 60 members of staff? You wouldn't think so. But I suppose they, people come, came in contact with other uh, staff members is probably the reason. But no, there's, there's, they're not stopping discharging patients uh, for sure. Uh, Marion in Clonakilty. Oh, this is to do with the Italians that will come to Ireland this weekend. The match was meant to be on tomorrow, the Ireland-Italy game that we were talking about at the start of the week before last. And of course, that now has been cancelled. But as we predicted at the time, they can cancel the match, but it's not going to stop people coming because obviously people will have booked for their trip, maybe taken holidays, deciding to come to Ireland. So people are going to, there are going to be a number of Italians in Dublin this weekend. I think about two and a half thousand people were expected uh, to travel. I'm not saying all of them will travel. Marion and Clannacilty, there was wondering about that. Why are the hotels not offering a refund for those travelling from Italy to Dublin this weekend? They will probably spread the virus even more. Many are coming because they will lose out on their accommodation. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, I saw one of the Dublin hotels who has a lot of bookings for the Italians and he was kind of saying they've paid up front for their accommodation. They have a right to come and spend time in Dublin, but he didn't in any way say we've offered them a refund. And I think you're right, Marion. I think that's the reason that so many of the Italians will travel is the fact that if they, they themselves decided to cancel, you can't cancel a trip just because the match or the concert isn't, hap- isn't happening. Your flight your airline not, certainly not going to give you your money back and your hotels and many people in order to get a good deal on their hotel will play for their hotel up front so they will lose out on it. So Marion feels that's what should happen. That's what the hotels should do. Offer, they should have, before now, offered the disc, offered the refund and that might have stopped more people from uh, travelling. Uh, hi Trish, what about concerts? I've tickets for Killarney tomorrow night. Uh, thank you. See, nothing's been cancelled. Everything is going ahead as per normal. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that it will change and advice around large events will change only if and when. 
I hate to say when, but I have a funny feeling it will be when we get more cases of coronavirus confirmed in the community. I think it's only then we'll get, we'll move to the stage where, for example, all the St. Patrick's Day parades will be cancelled, all concerts will be cancelled, all GAA matches will be cancelled, anywhere where you'll get a large gathering of people. But we're not at that stage yet. The public health department are saying we're still at containment. You know, we're not at the stage where we have an epidemic of coronavirus. But, you know, the worry is, will we get, will we, will we get to that stage? You just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope not. Helen says, Patricia, my daughter is due her baby in two weeks. And she, is she and the baby at risk in the maternity unit? They're on the same campus as Cork University Hospital. I haven't slept all night worrying about it. Ah, Helen. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure your daughter and her new little baby is going to be absolutely fine. There's been no mention or question of any sort of a risk at the maternity hospital. But uh, but but listen, the very fact that it's in CUH, I I can understand your concerns. I mean, we were getting calls in from people uh, saying that they would be concerned about going anywhere near Wilton because of the fact that there was a corona, one case of coronavirus at uh, CUH. But try. I mean, it's easy for me to say, don't be worried and and you're a mother and you're going to be a grandmother to a beautiful little baby. So, of course, you're, you're going to worry. But try, try not to worry and just, you know, tell your daughter all the good hand hygiene, everything that she can do to protect herself and her little baby when she is in hospital. We all have to really up our game when it comes to make sure that we're washing our hands. I've started doing that singing the happy birthday. You know, they say if you sing the full song happy birthday and sing it twice, that's the duration of the time that you should be washing your hands for. So I'm making a wee little game out of it at home at Marsha to try and make sure she's washing her hands properly. So if we all try and get that into our psyche too. We're some way protecting ourselves if we do come in contact with somebody with coronavirus and hopefully none of us will. John says, uh, Patricia, the peace offering, the shaking of hands of mass, the sign of peace that's been suspended. Should we not now look at doing the same thing at funeral removals, says uh, John. Well, that ties in with, was it Molly, one of our listeners who, I, I put the question on behalf of Molly to Dr Nick in, in case you've only just joined us, John. Uh, Molly got me to ask Dr Nick when he was advising us in the last hour. She's going to removal this evening and she's getting a bit panicky and wondering should she be shaking hands he directly said no now it would be very hard to go to a removal and say well I was listening to the doctor on the radio I'm not going to shake your hand I don't I don't quite know how you're going to get around that when you're trying to offer sympathies to somebody who's uh, grieving could you wear gloves with, with gloves and I suppose failing that if you're insisting on going to the removal and shaking everybody's hands I would have some maybe hand sanitizer with you and to make sure that when you come out of the removal, in case somebody in there did have the coronavirus, that you're not picking it up. And because if it's on your hands, it's got to get into your mouth or up your nose or into your eyes before it'll pass on to you. If it's just on your body, uh, you're not going to pick it up. You could be covered in the coronavirus on your body. It's got to get in. That's where it's not airborne. The virus has to get in. It can only get in through your eyes, your nose or your uh, mouth. But John, I think a number of people would agree with you that do we need to suspend the shaking hands at removals? How would we go about doing that? A West Cork listener says, Patricia, of course the HSE should be telling us where this man who is in the CUH with the coronavirus, what part of the city or county he is from. He could be my next door neighbour, says this West Cork listener. He might be my postman. I need to be responsible and protect myself, says a West Cork listener. And can I just, by the way, I'm trying to identify 
this poor man and can we just offer him the best of good health and hope that he makes a full recovery and that he'll be fine again very very soon we've John Paul, the phone lines have been really busy this morning from when we mentioned this case with people. So many people claim they know where this man is from. We didn't get a name and we don't want a name and we don't want to know where he's from either because we can't do anything with that information. No matter how many times people ring and say, I know that that man is from and there are lots of people are saying the very same place. We can't go to air. We're not allowed to go to air and identify the person in CUH. Even if people feel we should be able to do it, the HSE are clearly saying, no, you were not allowed. They're not going to confirm who the person is or even where the person is from. They're just saying that it's a case in Cork. That's as much as we're getting from, from them. Tim says, think of the fools. Think of the people uh, going to Cheltenham, politicians, businessmen, many of them addicted to gambling. They're not only there for the horses, um, but they're there for the poker schools after the racing. Safety should safety should see us through. Risk taking could make things worse, says uh, Tim. <laughs> and I'm sorry for laughing, but I've just seen a text come in when I mentioned that commenting from the West Cork listener who's trying to protect themselves saying you know this man could be my next door neighbour he, he might be my postman I want to be responsible somebody says hey would you leave the postman out of this please and I'm assuming that, that is from a postman the, the very hard working postmen and uh, women that we have here in uh, Cork uh, this is back to spitting Christine in Cork says when, when one talks one spits you can see it in the sunshine some people do, yeah. So you've got to be careful about that if you're one, if you're a type of person that has a tendency to spit without meaning to as you speak. You, you do need to be careful of that. Frank says, Patricia, if we are serious about this coronavirus being contained, then drastic action must be taken, whether we like it or not. What is Frank talking about when he talks about drastic action? Frank says, for example, all church services should be banned, simply not taking place. Funerals should be just the immediate family with no shaking of hands allowed. There should be no bingo meetings or any other type of meetings where a large group of people will gather. All of the St. Patrick's Day parades must be cancelled in order for us to get a control on this says Frank. And we know from listening to the experts and listening to Dr Nick we know that the virus only lasts for 14 days. So if we did decide to do something to lock the country down it would take 14 days to get rid of it completely. Now how serious we would be about locking down the country, how serious would people want it to be? Could we and should we bring the entire country to a standstill. As somebody said, we are a small island. You know, we could self-contain ourselves, lock down all the borders almost and lock the country down for 14 days. Is that what people are looking for us to do? 1850-333-103. Patricia, with what we're talking about CUH and what's going on there. Uh, pity we haven't another hospital. Now the health officials can start asking themselves, is it a good idea to just have one large big hospital, one centre of excellence as they always uh, speak about and talking of the one large hospital I meant to check with uh, John Paul I'm assuming that this came in from a member of staff about the daycare patients from CUH, okay it was a member of staff contacted us about this to say the daycare patients from Cork University Hospital are going to be moved to a day ward in Mallow which we're now told will be open, Mallow General Hospital will be open 24-7 but somebody from Mallow General Hospital has pointed out that they don't have the staff to cope with the amount of extra patients that they're planning on sending down from uh, CUH so we contacted the HSC to see if we could get that confirmed but uh, 
kind of wasted our time and I should have known uh, we were told please be advised that the HSE and the Department of Health are not providing information about individual activations or preparedness plans are about individual cases of COVID-19 other than confirmed cases. That was the similar answer they gave us last week when we contacted them about a gentleman who one of our listeners reckoned this person had come back was showing symptoms from Northern Italy and wasn't doing anything about it because he wanted to travel to another another country. That's the, the very same paste and copy answer we got. Anyway, so basically no answer from CUH. They're, they're not going to they're not going to comment but that's what we are being told that they're moving a day ward from CUH and moving it down to Mallow and it will remain open 24-7. Hi Patricia, it's desperate to think that they're not cancelling flights in and out of this country from areas such as northern Italy and I'm also so saddened to think of all the people who are in hospital at the moment in CUH and they are not allowed visitors. Madge says if our leaders hadn't flip-flopped over this crisis, we wouldn't have the chaos we're having at the moment. Now, the texter says a professor from Trinity last night on Primetime says it's not set in stone that you have to be 15 minutes in contact with somebody with coronavirus. If somebody sneezes on you within seconds of being in your company, you could be contaminated. We're too influenced by the hospitality sector to cancel the Italians who will be arriving today and the Sympat and to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parades. Watch this space in the long term. We'll all dearly pay for it. Catherine West Cork says, Patricia, should we all be wearing masks and gloves to protect ourselves from now on? I'm thinking away here to myself about cancelling trips, for example, to Cork City from my home here in West Cork. I know it could be anywhere around us now in Ireland, but it's got me thinking where I should go from now on and if I'm going out, should I protect myself? We've been told that the wearing, thanks for that Catherine, we've been told that the wearing of masks is not going to protect anyone. The wearing of masks are only important if somebody has the coronavirus to stop when they are coughing or sneezing, to stop them sending droplets out. But for somebody walking around, and I know we see it in all the Asian countries, people walking around with the masks on, but we're, we're, we've been told by the experts it offers little or no protection at all. The wearing of gloves well, was certainly help. well, the wearing of gloves really will help and not help. They'll help as long as while you've got the gloves on, anything you touch, you then don't put the gloves anywhere near your face, your mouth, your nose or your eyes. So the gloves would be sort of the same thing as you'd have to keep the gloves as scrupulously clean as you'd have to keep your hands. So I don't know about the wearing of uh, the gloves Uh, Pat, thanks for that, Catherine. Um, You'll be fine. Stay safe. Pat says, Patricia, they have allowed it into Italy. They have allowed it in from Italy. Sorry, that's a big mistake, but it's too late now. And Madge says, if we knew, if we knew where someone was from, then we could all self-isolate in that we could keep away from that area. I think they should be telling us where the case has come from. Surely that would help it to stop the spreading. And Jay says, Patricia, if you get the coronavirus and it cleans up, are you able to pick it up again? Would you have immunity built up after that? Actually, I asked Nick that because usually with the, with the common flu, once you get it once, you build up a natural immunity. This seems a bit different with the coronavirus. And I know the first case of a reinfection came out of Japan back at the end of February, where a patient with the coronavirus 
tested positive a second time after being discharged from hospital. But it seems, according to Dr. Nick, the second time somebody gets it, it's not as severe as the first time. But yes, you can get it again. How can the HSC, says another texter, expect the people to have faith in their plans when apparently a doctor from Clare was a cause of spreading uh, it, it? Well, and I'm not here to defend anyone, but that doctor when he came back from Italy, he was in an area, the skiing trip where he was in was an area that wasn't listed at risk. And seemingly, according to one source, what that man did was he checked with the public health authorities after arriving home to say where he had been and they gave him the green light to work in an emergency department. So they obviously thought he was going to be okay. And that family were back nine days before any symptoms um, started so you know and that's and that's the the fourteen days thing uh, as well eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three and I'm also being told that the CUH switchboard is receiving a high volume of co- calls and they need to keep the phone lines open as much as possible outpatients appointments today have all been cancelled CUH tell us and patients will be contacted if there's any further cancellations CUH can also be contacted via their contact form contact form on the CUH website. So what they're trying to say is could people ease off calling the switchboard unless it's absolutely an emergency because blocking up the phone line is, is not going to help people who really need to get through. OK, let me go to the phone lines where Joan is in at Mayfield. Good morning to you, Joan. Good morning, Patricia. Now, we've already had what we heard this morning of the St. Patrick's Day parade cancelled in Yall. I have a feeling that may be the first of many. But you have a concern about our government ministers. Our government ministers are going off to the States and around the world, 10 of them. I really feel they should be giving us example by staying at home. And you're fearful... No, I that mean, you have, you have a state of emergency in California. Yeah. And one of our ministers, as far as I know, is going off there. And you the know, fear and is really that they would bring it back, is it? That's, that's, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're trying to contain it. We're, we're told you this, that and the other. We're trying to do our best, you know, to uh, hand hygiene and all that. And, all, and these 10 people go off gallivanting around the world. So stay at home. You know, stay at home. And, I mean, our, our health service is going to collapse. The country will collapse. It will continue. You know, in another week's time, there might be somebody else in COH with the coronavirus. That's another fault that's anti-isolation. Mm. And, you know? and 60 staff sent home? And 60 staff mm. left go this morning. Yeah, yeah sent home for so, two I mean, weeks. Okay, all right, uh, and I'm, 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 I know, and I'm, know. I'm being told. <laughs> I think I, there is a sense of panic out there, unfortunately. Oh, probably, yeah. But um, yeah. John Paul is telling me, Joan, that there he's had lots of calls from people this morning saying exactly what you are saying. That none oh. of the ministers, not one of them, including the Taoiseach going over to meet yeah. Uh, yeah. Donald Trump, none of them should be going. All right, they listen. Shouldn't. Listen, yeah. look okay. after yourself. Thanks a million. Bye bye. And Marie and Charlie says, I think the funeral directors should put up a sign and show responsibility saying no shaking of hands due to the coronavirus. And I just want to bring one more piece. This was yesterday. We were contacted by one of our parents who was concerned because her daughter had come home from school. It was the Condon Secondary School in Bandon to say that the fourth year students were going on a trip to Rome in a couple of weeks time. 
And our listener was concerned, not that her daughter was going on the trip, but the listener was concerned that these pupils could come back from Rome with the coronavirus. And I was pointing out that it's northern Italy is where the bad cases of the coronavirus are. And as of yet, I don't know if there probably has been some cases in in Rome, but there hasn't been an advisory put on not travelling to Rome. But we decided we'd contact the school just to see what they're saying about it. And they tell us that there is a school trip to Rome planned from the 16th to the 19th of March. Obviously, the the advance of COVID-19 has created a worrying and unprecedented situation. The school say we're monitoring the situation hourly and parents are regularly updated via the school app. There will be a meeting for the parents guardians of the students scheduled to travel today, Friday, followed by a meeting of the Board of Management of the school. The Board will decide on whether the trip should proceed. The Board's decision will be communicated to parents after the Board of Management meeting. We greatly appreciate the patience and support of the whole school community, particularly those scheduled to travel at at this time as what they describe as challenge and uncertainty. Okay, so thank you for that. So somebody from the Connell Secondary School in Bandon can let us know what decision is taken at that meeting of the Board of Management I don't know if that's today or this evening and we'll bring that to you on Monday 1850 333 103 C103 Jobs A bar person is wanted for Mallow Golf Club to work 20 hours per week you must be over 18 Production kitchen supervisor required for a new market area for preparation of meals. It's for senior citizens, schools, plus functions and outside catering. Accommodation assistance required. That's for the Clonakilty Park Hotel and block layers are wanted for an immediate start in the West Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Now this week, Ireland's entry for this year's Eurovision Song Contest was unveiled. The Irish entry will be sung by Leslie Roy and the song is called Story of My Life, which will play in a moment. To discuss this year's contest, I'm joined by our Eurovision correspondent, Johnny O'Mani, that time of year again. Uh, good morning to you, Johnny. Good morning, Trisha. How are uh, you? You're very welcome. Let me do this. That's only a little bit of it. I'd like the full song. OK. <laughs> now, how did RTE select this year's entry? How did they go about it? Well, this year they um, uh, asked for submissions from, uh, you know, per, um, per, not so much professional, but, you know, known songwriters and um I think they invited people. There, there was an open call, but I think they, they kind of approached different people looking for songs. And uh, with the result, this is the Irish entry as we story of my life by Leslie Roy is the one that was chosen. Um, that's as much as we know, really. What do, what do we know about Leslie Roy? She's from Belbriggan in Dublin. Um, I don't know how old she is, um, but she's, she had an album out in 2007-2008. She's based in New York and um, has you know, she's kind of done a lot of stuff with different, you know, different kind of known names. And, um, you know, she's she's a professional, I suppose, in her own right. It's her career choice. And uh, she's been doing it for, this, this is her this is her career, I suppose. Did she, did so, she write it? She wrote it. She's, she's one of the writers. There's uh, three or four involved, but she, okay. she's one of them, yeah. And um, so I, I think, like she said, oh, she's... she's um, uh, into Eurovision herself. She likes Eurovision. She's followed it kind of growing up. She said she's from the era of the 90s when Eve Cavanagh and Linda Martin and Paul, Paul mm. and Charlie were involved. So she's, 
she's familiar with Eurovision and uh, she knew what she was doing when she submitted her song. You know, it was something that, you know, she thought I could do this and I'd love to do it. And um, she, as she said herself, she she's won the competition to represent Ireland, even though it was a closed competition to the likes of us. Um, she entered the competition and uh, we don't know anything about how many submissions came or how many songs were submitted. But we do know that uh, Leslie Wright is the ultimate winner. Do you, do you think that's the right way to select a song, do a close competition? Um, I do and I don't. If if you get, if the goods are delivered, yeah, but if it's not, you know, we, we know probably on the 17th of May, but you know, it's, it's it's up to RTE how they get submissions and it probably rules, it takes away any, um, you know, if there's, if there's not a great quality of stuff coming through, it rules that out. Um, I think everybody I, should have an opportunity to enter something. Yeah, and um, you know, in doing so, there's there's foreign against it. And um, and should would, we, the public, have a say? Should we have a I right? Think, to... I think the public should have a say without mm. a doubt. Without, I mean, when you, there's a lot of talk and over the years about uh, television license fee, and I I still think that um, you know, it's it's a song for Ireland, so the Irish people should be involved in in choosing it. It's um. You know, there, there's give some opportunity, even if there was only shortlisted to two or three songs, and just say, right, you know, have an opinion at least that they, yeah, can, yeah. they can go how, on. How does that compare to how other countries do it? it every country varies. There's does a lot it? of internal selections. There's a lot, of, like, for example, and I've said this every year, Sweden have the biggest thing. Sweden's um, national selection is as big as Eurovision itself. The finalists tomorrow night, they've had. Um, five weeks now of um, semi-finals. Um, oh. Yeah, and it's huge. It's it's actually bigger than, they have a bigger audience than they would have for Eurovision. Um, you know, they go to five different cities for um, a semi-final for the last five weeks. They'd say four-week semi-finals. Then there's two from each semi-final get through, two from each semi-final into a, a final um, last chance round. And then they have the final tomorrow night which um, is a huge event and people travel from all over the world as if they were going to Eurovision. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like an X Factor sort of a... Yeah, as, as good as the X Factor and well, it's probably one of the biggest um, pullers on Swedish television for SVT. So okay. All right, I want to play, I want to play, this is our first time playing uh, Leslie Roy. This is the song and uh, and I, we'll play it and then I'll come back and get your opinion on it. This is sure. Story of My Life. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Leslie Roy, Story of My uh, Life. L- wonderful, upbeat number, uh, Johnny, with a kind of a Katy Perry feel to it. it, it Katy Perry was the first one that came to my mind. And yeah. It, uh, it, it's very reminiscent of Katy Perry, but um, you know, it, it, it all, it's all down to I think, right? It, number one, that she can sing live, and the production, the pre- the presentation on stage will be very important. And um, to that end, they brought in um, a group from based in Dublin. This is Pop Baby, who uh, do a lot of production and choreography and presentation for different different stuff. And uh, they, um, Philly McMahon, uh, creative director with um, This is Pop Baby, he said once he heard the song. That was it. They were involved. They were going okay. to get and they and that staging is as nearly as important as the song, isn't it? For, uh, uh, very, very much so. I mean, if, if you just think of the song now, and if you think if she's just standing there singing it on stage, it's going to be good. But if if you have a 
a, a good, I mean, every song now, every song video or, or every um, song you see on TV, performed live on TV, has some sort of presentation. And that is, that can make or break it. So it's very important. And when I heard this was Pop Baby were involved, I thought, well, this, number one, the song has to be good. But number two, like they wouldn't get involved with just anything. They'll number do it, two, yeah. it can do great. It can do great things for Okay, us. and she's on the Late Late tonight. So people will, get, will get, get a chance to hear it again and uh, to uh, see it uh, again. Uh, and it's this is important. It's it's the 50th year that of, of, that da- Ireland, of that, Dana's right. win. Yeah, wow. Went, yeah, 1970, and it's the 65th Eurovision. So it's like it's 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 huge uh, when you, when you think, you know, all the all the years it's been going and people played it, and it's still as as been popular as, yeah, ever. as ever. When as did well when did we last win? 1996. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's a long it's, time ago. Long, it's long overdue, and I mean, there's some countries that haven't won yet. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. That's true. And we still yeah. hold the title of the most wins. Still hold the title and uh, hoping to increase that this year to uh, the only country that can match us this year would be Sweden. They, they have six wins and uh, at the, we're, we're still in the lead um, as uh, for, for quite a while now and uh, that you know the only country that can catch us up and match us this year is Sweden. So um, you know that's we, we still have the, the winning the, the winning numbers. Okay, what's your view on this song from Iceland? I actually like it. I, yeah. I you know, th- this was tipped well before um, their final last week. There's something original about it, but there's something like we we've seen it before. It's it, it's just it, it's kind of different um, from everything else. But um, it, it's just a presentation. The, the the guy involved in the group, it's it's himself, his sister, his wife. Um, there's another relative in, in the group as well. But I, I I think the whole presentation of it, the simplicity of it. Is, is very strong. Um, I didn't, I, I've seen it, I love it by the way, I, I'm going to play a little bit of it in a minute. Um, I didn't realise that they're all family members, they just look like this bunch of geeks. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to play a little bit of Bear, Bear With. The beginning is is slow, just yeah. get over the first few seconds and then take a listen to this. This is Iceland's uh, song, um, Think About Things. This is the Court Today replay on C103. I fell in love with it the minute I heard it. It really is terrific. It's got have a very 80s, it? it's got a very yeah, 80s feel, yes, hasn't it? Have you seen it? I have, yeah. The video. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. But, but even the, the live presentation, like, from, it's on YouTube from the Icelandic final last week. But that's, that's where, like, presentation comes into it. That, that will, it's either, you're either going to like it or yeah. hate it. That's great. I think the, that could win. I actually think that could win. You, you and many, many more. The one thing that might go against it, and, and it's not the Iceland itself, Russia have entered a group, Little Big, who, if you look back in their back catalogue on YouTube, it's a very similar kind of vibe. Oh, so if okay. the song hasn't been announced yet, so if they come up with a better version of this, they, they could take it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, they will both be fighting for the same points, but we, we, it remains to be seen. We'll but, um, see. def- definitely it's going to be up there. Okay, but, seven... But the front- the front runners are really kind of win, so that that that. That's true. Them, that's true. That's true. The one that's out in front at the start never wins. Okay, it's seventeenth of May. We have we're the first semi final. We're in the first semi final on the Tuesday night, and uh, in the first half. So I mean, I think Ireland would be a great opening song. You know, the first song and the and the opening because we don't have the running order yet, but they they'll be in the first. I think seventeen songs in the first final first semi, so they would be kind of in the first eight or nine songs. Is that not? 
the worst place to be from a voting point of view? 100% yes. Yeah. The, second, the second song in any semi-final or final is the worst position but the opening song can be great. I mean okay. songs, songs have won the, the final from singing in first place in the past so you know that that's something but you know rather than being sixth or seventh placing in the running order if you know an, an opener as number one would be the fact that we are in the first half it would probably do better okay. just opening the contest because it is so strong. Maybe. Do do you think we'll qualify for the final? It's a tough um semi-final with the, the kind of block voting that goes on in lots of ways but with this song I think we will okay. you know it's probably the first year that I can say kind of with, with confidence that we will and again I haven't seen the presentation how it's going to look but I'm confident with you know the, the team involved that, that it will qualify um, I think people the majority are saying yeah it will qualify it's not going to win but it will qualify so that, that, that that's what we need at this point is to qualify that's the best that's the best we can over and it's Rotterdam are you going? I'm not. You're I've not. planned kind of maybe going on the Thursday to the Sunday, but with everything going on, we don't know that it's going to go ahead yet. It could all go ahead behind that, closed doors. That was going to be my final question. There is yeah. a question mark over with the coronavirus, isn't there? Absolutely, 100%. And it, it, there's talk that, I mean, it, 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 there's no rescheduling this. If this doesn't go ahead in May, like it, it, they, they can't reschedule it. So the only other option would be kind of on a very close um close stage or you know a close um, a high arena in Rotterdam that they would do it on a very um, kind so of it would scale. it would just be a televised event televised show yeah so we, we don't know at this point but um, it, it's just how the next few weeks will pan out but at the moment it's going ahead the EBU head of delegations meeting is Monday in Rotterdam which is usually you know this time in, in March they have the head of delegations and they come from the EBU but because there was an outbreak in the EBU in Geneva all the top um, delegates from the EBU are actually doing it from from the EBU via televised link. They're not going to be in Rotterdam for the first time. That, that, yeah, it, so that's that's how serious things are. It's um, you know, okay. it, you know. So it's a, wait, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a waiting game. Okay, waiting game, yeah. all right. And said we can keep a lookout and see um, her on the Leslie on late, the late late. It'll be the first public performance on the late late tonight. Okay, Johnny, we'll speak again closer to the time. As always, thank you. Pleasure. Thanks thank for it. All. A number of people saying that's a nice cheeky song from Iceland. It is indeed. It's called Think About Things. And if you get onto YouTube, take a look at the video. It's it's really, really, it adds to it. It really does add to it when you see the video. Uh, 1850 John Paul is taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Billy Joel is one of the world's most popular performers. Now, see him live in New York, VIP style with C103. You to Billy Joel in the Big Apple Madison Square Garden on May 2nd Stay listening to C103 then text or WhatsApp every time Billy Joel plays for your chance to get in the grand final 
leave our number 0862-103-103. Billy Joel in the Big Apple with AmigoLoans.ie. Listen to win on Cork's greatest hits. C103. Win your way to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. VIP style with AmigoLoans.ie on C103. And straight to the phone lines, uh, Martin Cambridge is in Carrick Tool. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning, Patricia. How are you today? Oh, I good enough. Okay, and you'd love a trip to New York? Absolutely. And you're a fan of Billy Joel? I am indeed. Okay, we've got a question for you. We need you to finish uh, the the last words that's missing from the song We Didn't Start the Fire lyric. So it's Eisenhower, vaccine, England's got a new, is it A, Queen, or B, King? Eisenhower, vaccine, England's got a new... Queen. Queen, it is indeed. Well done. Congratulations. Whoa. Your passport's in order and up to date? Absolutely. Okay, who would you bring with you? My wife. What's your... Lisa? Yes, indeed. Okay, well, I don't know if you're at home. Are you at home at the moment? I'm at work, actually. You're at work. Well, when you go home, tell Lisa, get ready. She might be going to New York. Be available at half nine on Monday morning, okay? Yes, I, I really need to call you. Okay, congratulations, oh. dear. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Uh, bye-bye. Have bye. Martin Cambridge. Bye. Have a good weekend, too. Martin Cambridge in uh, Carrick, too, becomes our latest qualifier. And as an extra bonus, because it's the last day, we're going to do it all over again in the next hour. Cork Today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel & Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Barney was on to us to say we've got a wedding in Lanzarote. Pondering now, should we go or not, considering the coronavirus? And you're not on your own, Barney. There's, I've heard of a number of people who've decided not to travel. I've heard of other people who have said, no, I'll take the risk of my holiday paid for. I'm going. So I think it's really is an individual choice. I don't know, uh, have they had many cases of coronavirus in Lanzarote maybe do a bit of research on that I know there was the one in Tenerife the Italian doctor but it was only he his wife and the couple that they travelled with ended up getting it in that particular hotel so I'd you know check, keep a look out on Lanz- and see what in- news is coming out of Lanzarote I suppose before you make your, your choice because if you decide to self-cancel yourself you will lose the cost of that holiday so I suppose you have to weigh that up as well uh, Thanks for your call Mary in Ballingiri says I don't think the name of the person should be made known this is the gentleman who has the coronavirus in CUH but I do think says Mary that the area of Cork that that man came from should be made known as then people would know not to visit say elderly relatives or friends and people would be more careful. Surely the public are entitled to at least that much information. And then on funerals that we were discussing earlier about what to do if you're going to a funeral and sympathising with people and the shaking of hands, Dr Luke's advice was don't shake hands. Karen said the last thing a relative of a dead person needs is to pick up coronavirus. What about wearing gloves and then washing the gloves after the removal that's certainly what I did last night says Karen in Balancolic and Lena in Mitchellstown says if going to a if you are going to a funeral instead of shaking the hands of the bereaved person just put your hand on your shoulder and sympathise with them that way and Marie in Charleville thinks that the funeral directors should take an initiative on this and put up a sign and show responsibility by saying please no shaking of hands due to the coronavirus Mary is in Mallow joins me on the phone lines good afternoon to you Mary um, 
Uh, good afternoon, Mary. Hello, Patricia. No, Hello. No. Thank you for taking the call. You're very welcome. You, along with a lot of other people, are very concerned about the Italians arriving today in advance of the match tomorrow that's been cancelled. Yeah, I think all my friends and colleagues, we're horrified, really, to be honest. Um, these people have paid their money and they've booked their hotels. They're going to come. The planes should not be allowed land. They should be diverted back to Italy. And this is not this is not anything to do with people in health or advisors. This is a government decision. They should say no. Um, they shouldn't be coming in here. They're from a highly infected area. I mean, our our resources are stretched. Our single rooms, our isolation rooms are stretched. Um, people shouldn't be going to Lanzarote or going anywhere. And any crowd congregation is crazy. Send a mass card. Write a letter. One sneeze is enough. And, so you're um, you're you're saying you're almost saying like lock the country down. Yes, close and it I up. I am saying I am saying that um, Joe Walsh, the Minister of Agriculture in his day, when we had foot and mouth, well, we didn't have it; it was outside of us. But he kept it out of Ireland. The place was locked down, port, everything. Yeah, and he kept it out. And he was a strong man. He said, "This is what's happening." End of story. All these experts, we're sick of them. They're all chatting away and having conversations, but there's nobody strong standing up. The Minister for Health is out in Brussels talking to the WHO. Now, can he not Skype? Can they not all Skype each other? Yeah, the technology is there. You're right. Yeah, the technology is there. He should be over here laying down the law and diverting those planes back. They can land and they can take off again. We can't exactly go up on the runway and march and stop them, but the powers that be can land them and divert them back. And going back to Joe Walsh, I, and I, I very clearly remember that because I was yes. actually doing this programme back in 2001 when that happened. The amount of stick at the time that Joe Walsh got, got, people said he was yeah. overreacting. Do you remember yes. all of the St. Patrick's Day parades yes. were cancelled, matches were cancelled? They should be cancelled too. And it worked. Any, any, any congregation of people, yeah. you should stay inside within your own confines. Yes, you have to go to the shop, admittedly. End of funerals, forget it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make yourself sick, by all means, carry on. But you see, somebody has to mind you. And all these people now, if they have contact with you, they're sent home for two weeks. OK, the hotels in Dublin and the restaurants have bookings. But like, that's fine. They'll get their crowd in when the Italians land. But they might be closed down for a month now. Yeah, they could end up being much more costly to much them if, they've got to, if they have to self-isolate for two weeks. To take over, take charge and say, this is what's happening. This doctor saying that and this expert saying the next, infection control saying the next. But they can't stop a plane. That takes the government. And um, I just feel that they need someone. Would they read Joe Walsh's book? Just yeah. look at what he did. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, the vets and the <laughs> seem to have got it right. And we have more experts than I've ever seen. It's on the television 24-7. But you just need one person to take charge. And that's the minister. And, um, or the Taoiseach. We, we have, we have, we have yes. Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach. They're he all could... dodging. They're just dodging. Yeah. And it's more than their line on Patrick's Day to be having meetings with each other and deciding who's, who can get on and run the country. Form a government. Form a government. And forget about parades and going to all these places.
All right, Mary. Um, thank you for that. Okay, God Thanks, bless. and bye bye. And bye I can bye. see a lot of people agreeing with Mary, including Tim and yours. Says hi. I can't emphasise enough. I feel the arrival of a huge number of people from a country known to have coronavirus, Italy, uh, in a very serious way, is detrimental to every citizen in this country. Why are we implementing all these procedures and then leaving ourselves wide open to these people arriving and infecting us? The virus will spread like wildfire after this began. To mark my words, this government has responsibility to protect its people and they're not acting accordingly. I think we should be going back to the ballot box after all of this. Tim says, rather tongue-in-cheek if we're all still alive. Uh, James in Bottevant said, that's it Patricia, it's too risky now to come in contact with people. I'm going staying in the slatted shed with the cows for the next month. And Mary says a lot of shelves in the supermarkets around the place are running empty, particularly when it comes to hand wash and hand sanitizer. People are buying it up like mad. Sheila says, I'm jumping before I'm pushed. I haven't got the virus don't intend getting it. I live alone, no close neighbours, so I've stockpiled. I'm, go- I'm, I'm going into lockdown. I have the phone, the telly and the pets. That's enough for me. I'll see you when they sound the all uh, clear. And Trish, this country will do nothing till after St. Patrick's Day. Too much money to lose. They care more, they care more about the euro than they do about the welfare of the people. It's unreal how many will leave over the weekend to head to Cheltenham. That's OK going. But what happens if it goes into lockdown while they are there, what will they bring back with them? OK, that's just a sample of some of the continued texts and calls that we are re- continuing to receive. Now, when I spoke with Fiona Corcoran earlier on this morning, she said she was going off to speak to Dr. Chris Luke, a Cork consultant, um, to, um, uh, who is advising the public that there will be contact by health officials if you've been in contact with the man confirmed with the coronavirus in Cork. The patient that we've been talking about is in isolation in CUH was being treated in the hospital for a number of days before the diagnosis. Anyway, uh, Fiona had a chat with Chris Luke and this is what Chris Luke had to say. Well, I suppose Fiona, the message is that this was expected and given our tracking of this virus initially as a small speck on the radar over in China, uh, becoming a bigger spot on the radar, you know, pulsating as it comes towards us and now that's big blob. Uh, you know, we have anticipated this because this is what's happened in the other countries that have been affected, like Italy. So in other words, we, we knew that the first cases were going to be associated with obvious contacts, people who'd been to northern Italy, people who had been in Wuhan and China and so forth. But now we're at the stage of the, the illness when cases are striking entirely unpredictably and to some extent unexplainedly, you know, inexplicably. We're not sure where they're coming from. And it may well be just you know, again, to quote the old song, the answer may be blowing in the wind and it may well be that it is windborne, it's on surfaces and so forth. So the the truth is we, do, we don't quite know how this gentleman got the disease. But, you know, it, it shouldn't matter that much to the general population. This matters most to people who have been in contact. And if you've been in contact, the HSC and the other authorities will have been in touch with the people who are in contact. For the rest of the population... What needs to happen now is people need to be even more vigilant. So the messages, the lessons, the demonstrations about hygiene, about cough etiquette, about keeping your distance now really must come into play. So we've seen this over and over again in the last few weeks as we have been prepared. Now it's time to really apply those lessons of hand hygiene, incredibly fastidious hand hygiene. So we're talking about 10 to 20 times a day washing your hands for 20 to 40 seconds a day, not coughing or spluttering unless it's into our elbow 
or a tissue and keeping our distance uh, a metre or two away from people who are obviously sick, particularly those who are coughing or spluttering, who have kind of lung problems. What kind of pressure is this going to put on CUH? We know now that 60 staff have been told to self-isolate. Well, it's going to add to the pressure, but the, the staff are under a great deal of strain anyway, particularly those at the front part, the pointy end, as we call it, of, of, of the health service. So they are used to working in, in very, very difficult uh, situations and conditions, but it'll just add to that. And one hopes that the corollary of a case arising in the hospital, the corollary of 60 people being sent home, members of staff, is that there might be somewhat less of a burden on the health service. In other words, that people with mild coughs and colds and so on do not go to the GP and do not go to the emergency department if they can avoid it at all. Reminding people that 90% of the cases of COVID-19, of the coronavirus, will be very, very mild and can be managed with really very simple remedies at home, the sort of stuff that your grandmother would have done, lemon, uh, Panadol, hot toddies, uh, honey for coughs, staying in the bedroom and just keeping away from other people for about two weeks. Uh, And very few people will become very, very ill and they will be mostly people who are over 60 or 70. The mortality in the over 80s with People who have other diseases can be of the order of 14 to 15 percent. But reassuringly, the disease seems to be incredibly mild, almost innocuous in children who are under, say, 10 or, or 15. And in young people under 30, 40, unless you are like those doctors and nurses in China who are absolutely exhausted because they're working 80, 90, 100 hours a week and getting a huge dose of the disease because you're working in the middle of the, the epidemic, uh, you are a very, very low risk, particularly young, fit people. Again, you really need to have either age or other illness uh, that you, you carry with you chronically to be particularly worried. The rest of us should just focus on hygiene and the way this disease unfolds in this country will hinge entirely on the way the population behave at home and on the street. Did we see a lockdown situation at CUH? I would not be surprised if we saw something approaching that in the coming days. But again, there's no reason to be alarmed about that. We know that while antiviral, in other words, some sort of actual medication is still in the, not really imminent, there are promising uh, examples of maybe HIV-type antivirals. There won't be a vaccine for 12 to 18 months, it's thought. So again, isolation remains the number one way to tackle the disease. So we've seen how the Chinese authorities were able to isolate whole cities. Now, we're only going to think now about schools and hospitals at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a a no-visiting policy um, and a kind of lockdown situation where we're not having anybody but the most essential people passing through the the barriers into and out of the hospital. You all have announced that they're cancelling their St. Patrick's Day parade. Do you think that other parades should follow or do do you expect them that they're going to follow suit? I think that's a very moot point. It's a very difficult uh, decision to make because basically, um, as I say, this issue was a tiny blip on our radar and now it's a very big blob that we have to think seriously about. In other words, that reflects the trajectory. It's now here on the island. So, uh, you know, we have the bones of two weeks between now and St. Patrick's Day, uh, but I think that people will be drifting towards the decision to, to, to cancel or postpone their events, which is a huge decision. Because what we're trying to do here is to steer a, a course between alarm 
and being and, and vigilance. Um, it, there is a kind of sweet spot between people losing their jobs, between companies closing down, companies that are struggling, obviously, not the huge companies, but small companies that are struggling, maybe pushed over the edge if we disrupt life too much. If, if people are, are go into you know, personal lockdown and the footfall collapses and people stop traveling or attending events, uh, if there's no good evidence for that, we have to be really mindful of, of the possible effects of disruption. So we're looking for the sweet spot. And at the moment, it's an evolving situation. And the information comes at us every day afresh. So people are learning. And we need to be very pay careful attention to the experts uh, on the national uh, emergency team. Okay, that was Dr. Chris Luke speaking earlier to our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran and his main message to people is don't panic. Patrick in Malice says the opposite is happening. He says he was out in the supermarket earlier. He said everybody is using their elbows to open doors and move stuff on, on the checkout counter because nobody wants to touch uh, anything. And Marie said she was out doing her usual Friday morning shop. She said certain items are nearly gone from the shelves. She noticed canned and tinned items seem to be running in short supply and bread. She said are people panicking? buying 1850 and a quick look at some of your WhatsApps coming in Heidi says Patricia this coronavirus is like the flu a lot of older people die from flu every single year we shouldn't shot, shut the whole world down we have to get products from other countries life has to go on stop being so scared I'm not and I've got asthma says uh, Heidi not living in fear over this coronavirus Maggie says I agree with uh, Mary Fimala who joined you on your programme saying there should be no flights from infected countries and uh, true and that's true that's how we got previous viruses at the end of the day we're a small country and this could affect us in a much larger larger way health wise financially and long term we need to act and we need to to act now. Uh, Mary says I think all ferries should be stopped and flights should be put into lockdown at this stage and bearing in mind it would be for two weeks if they decided to shut the country down they reckon within 14 days the coronavirus would be gone. Uh, Audrey says hi my hobby is in ICU. Sorry to hear that in CUH. It has been there for a couple of weeks. They're doing their very best for patients and uh, yesterday I was told not to go in to see him until they tell me. Now, I have no problem about that because they're trying to continue it says Audrey who's got great faith uh, in the staff and management at the Cork University Hospital Mary says this is a different Mary with regard to people not shaking hands at funerals I think once you sanitise your hands after you should be okay there are many other ways we have contact we handle money we receive change filling fuel we're in restaurants where people are serving us meals Uh, also with regard to going into isolation did I see Mary Lou MacDonald leader of the Sinn Féin party in the Dáil yesterday was it confirmed that her child was in self-isolation from the school in Dublin, says Mary. Both for children, Mary, are in self-isolation for two weeks, but she is deemed a contact of a contact. So therefore, people living with people that are in self-isolation are allowed to go out of the house, but it's the people who are in self-isolation are put into isolation. They're the ones who have to remain indoors for the two weeks. Michael says, Patricia, the most rapidly spreading disease at the moment is fear. And talking about a dozen people with uh, coronavirus in this country. Yes, I've got sympathy for them. But how many patients do we have with cancer? How many patients every year do we have with the flu and many other diseases who will not make it? The coronavirus lasts only a short time and 99% of people will get over it. Well, is it 98? I think they're saying 2% mortality rate. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm really being pedantic. Uh, we badly need to overhaul our personal hygiene, which is the most important thing of all. Wash your hands regularly. Thank you for that. Uh, Michael in Castletown Bear. 
Hi, uh, Patricia. I've been looking after a member of my family in a high-risk ward and I'm wondering, could I have brought the virus in from having been out in the public with people sneezing and coughing all around the place? How do I get checked? Well, if you've got absolutely any concerns, your GP is your first port to call. Ring them. Don't turn up. Ring them. Have a chat with the GP because if you've got any symptoms or whatever, they'll talk you through it. And if they think you are at risk or they think that you may have picked up the virus they will either arrange for you to come in and be tested or I have heard they're also starting to test out in the community now which means they'll come out to a person's home so if you've got any concerns at all I would be straight away getting on to your GP and you know raise your your concerns Hi Patricia can you find out why the Marisha Private Hospital in Cork is closed to visitors it says all procedures are going ahead but no one is allowed to visit their relatives Um, it says on their website they're just saying it's for infection control I mean they haven't in any way said it's anything to do with coronavirus but they put that up yesterday and it remains in place uh, today. So they're not stating other than that it's to do with infection control. I, I, I don't quite know what's going on but they're not giving out any more information other than that. 1850 lines open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie This Saturday and Sunday Bantir Drama Group representing Maiden Ant and then on Monday they're presenting separate beds uh, tickets from 029-56239 Cantor Transition Year Students they're staging High Street Musical that's in the Adele Quinn Hall in Cantor it's on tonight and tomorrow night uh, while Women's Word Day of Prayer that's the International Interdenominational Day of Prayer celebrated always on Friday the 6th of March the Christian Women of Zimbabwe have prepared this year's uh, service and there's one going ahead at St Joseph's Church in Hazelwood tonight at 8.15 all are uh, welcome and there's also a Women's World Day of Player, a Prayer in the Adair Hall in Fromoy that's at half eight tonight Folk Trad Folk Group Gatehouse they will perform in concert in Ballyvorney tonight starts at eight o'clock Dancing to Jimmy O'Donoghue is in Theo Park in Labamalaga that's on tonight while Ballinhasic Community Development have a fundraising social Marion Hall tonight dancing from 9.45 to Patrick O'Sullivan and Clyde Rovers are holding their weekly lotto draw in Derry's Bar tonight with a jackpot of €5,400. And can I wish the best of luck to everybody going along to a coffee morning that's going to be held in Kildallery Parish Hall tomorrow morning. It's an annual fundraiser for St Joseph's Foundation in Charleville and it's on from half past ten until one o'clock tomorrow morning. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mallow, smokeless coal, turf, gas, and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. It's back. This March, host a Cork Simon Coffee Morning at home, work or just about anywhere. You'll be joining hundreds of people in Cork who are fighting homelessness with a cuppa. For your fundraising pack, visit CorkSimon.ie. Ah, go on. Even if it is coffee. Proudly supported by Cork's 96FM and C103. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Win your way to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. VIP style. With AmigoLoans.ie. On C103. Okay, who's after getting the call back? It is Jessica McCarthy in Castle Townsend in Skibbereen. Good afternoon to you, Jessica. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. The final day for qualifying. Have you entered in the last two weeks? Yeah, uh, every day this week, yeah. <laughs> my mom's been ringing as well every day. Well, today is the last final day. You are my last qualifier. That's if you can get the question right, Jessica. Question for you, it's uh, it's about New York. High Rock Park is based in this island of New York. Is it A, Staten Island or B, Shirkin Island? <laughs> it's Staten Island. It, it is Staten Island. Whoa. Well done and congratulations to you, uh, Jessica. Okay, you're through to the final. We make the call half nine on Monday morning. If we call you half nine Monday morning, you're heading to New York. Who would Perfect, you, thank you so much. Who would you bring with you? Uh, I don't know. They'll be looking for the ticket. You broke up there. Who would be looking for the ticket? Oh, everyone at home will be looking for it now. Wait, wait, what about your mother? Your mother was I'll ringing. Prob- I'll probably give it to my mother, yeah, maybe my mom and dad. Oh, you'd <laughs> actually, you'd pass over the whole prize to them? Well, I'll have to see. <laughs> I don't know yet. Okay, you will You will, You will. will go into negotiations. Yeah, All right. Exactly, well, yeah. well, congratulations. You're one step closer, Jessica. Thanks very much. Thank you thanks for that so and thanks uh, thanks for texting us. Bye-bye. That is Jessie McCarthy, Castle Townsend in Skibbereen, our latest qualifier and our last qualifier on this programme. But there's more qualifiers this afternoon with uh, Nick. And I think Martina wraps it up. I think that's the last of our uh, qualifiers. And then on Monday morning at half past nine, myself and Simon on Simon's On The Breakfast Show will be making the call to one lucky listener who will be heading off to see Billy Joel in the Big Apple with Amigo Loans. 
cork.ie on Cork's Greatest Hits C103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. I could qualify you for Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Who do you write your songs for, Billy? I always wrote the songs I wrote for me. And I've got your tickets to the Pet Shop Boys live at the marquee. What do you love most about Cork, guys? It's a beautiful city. I don't know, it's sort of stimulating. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards, weekdays from 1. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. By the way, when just when I was reading out the community diary, I mentioned the Women's World Day of Prayer that's going ahead at St. Joseph's Church in Hazelwood. I've just been told that that has been postponed for the foreseeable future so that Women's World Day of Prayer is not going ahead at St. Joseph's Church in Hazelwood in Mallow tonight. Mark Malone joins me in studio. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. You went to the movies to see The Invisible Man and you also on DVD streaming saw a movie called Papillion. Now we're going to start with a short trailer from the Invisible Man. We need each other. Don't we? Are you okay? Hurry, please. Wherever you go. Hello? Hello. I'm standing right behind you. I know you better than anyone else in the world. He has figured out a way to be invisible. You too. Please listen to me. I know that you feel like you're going insane sometimes. I'm the only one who can help you. Just. I see you! Sorry, I, Oops, I, I sorry got microphones on. <laughs> I was just listening to this seems like the eeriest movie, is it? Uh, I really got into that trailer. Sorry, I was lost, lost listening to the movie. Is it really eerie? I was trying to grab your attention okay, there, which is why sorry. I shouted. I didn't yeah. realise my mic was yeah. on. I do apologise. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a thriller. It's not. It's, it, there are horrific moments in it. but, okay. but actually, you see stuff? It, yeah, it's mostly a thriller is what it is. is. It, People yeah. call it a horror, but I don't think it is. I think it's more of a kind of emotional kind of uh, thriller, which I liked uh, about it very much indeed. Uh, we've had loads of uh, Invisible Man movies all down throughout the years. You know what I mean? Going back to Lon Chaney, wasn't it? Back in the 30s, yeah. he was covered in bandages and he had the sunglasses on remember that and they'd peel off the bandages exactly yeah Yeah. I I saw a bit of it some some time ago and the effects are brilliant from 1933 I mean you have to give them credit you know and it's been done so many times over the years (laughs) there was a Chevy Chase film a few years ago in the 90s where he was invisible I bought the the, the video never watched it when I gave it away to a charity shop it still had the plastic on it I remember (laughs) I don't know why I didn't go back to watch it again because I really liked it but there was one a few years ago called Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon which was directed by Paul Verhoeven so it was a bit pervy and uh, so you can't do that anymore or quite rightly so too. Okay. So here we have a, a new version. It's part of uh, the kind of universal kind of dark universe where they have the rights to things like Frankenstein and Dracula and they have the rights to all those old movies and all those uh, uh, old characters. And so what they wanted to do is they wanted to kind of a, a rival to kind of the Marvel universe by having this dark universe with all these kind of Frankenstein movies. But it hasn't really worked so far. They made The Mummy a couple of years ago with uh, Tom Cruise, which was... Yeah, terrible. It was was an awful movie. So then they decided, well, look, you know, we we move away, we won't bother. But then there's this company called uh, Bloomhouse Productions, and uh, it's run by a guy called Jason Bloomhouse. An extraordinary company, small company. They make very, very small, low budget movies, uh, mostly kind of horror, but they look amazing. They're very, very, they may be cheaply made, but they're stylish looking, and they make huge amounts of money. And the way they do it, of course, is not by having stars, because, of course, if you have a star, a star wants 15 million down first, then they win 20% of the gross. 
But here, yeah. that's not the case. And in this movie, uh, we have Elizabeth Moss. Now, Elizabeth Moss is a terrific actress. She really is. But she, even she would say, look, I'm no Julie Roberts. That's fine. Okay. So they were able to make this movie. So they made this movie for about $7 million, would you believe? Which is unheard of. But it doesn't look as if it's been made by, for $7 million because most of the money is always made to look at as stylish as possible. And it's brilliantly directed. And so it really, really works. So at no stage are you looking at this going, this is just this cheap is cheaply made, yeah. 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 And the other thing they did, like, the other way they saved money, which was very clever with uh, the invisible person in it, is by not having any kind of special effects in it at all. Basically, if you, it, it's beautifully framed. So if she's sitting in one part of a room, they frame it so that the whole room is actually in shot, but nothing is happening. There's, you know, one of the things whenever you see somebody invisible in films, they're always becoming very clumsy. Do you ever notice that? They're yeah. always bumping into yeah, things. knocking things over. Exactly, yeah, yeah, to show where he yeah. or she There's is the going. Invisible man, yeah. They don't do that here, which is very, very oh. clever. Because what they basically, well, let's tell you the story. So you're just sensing that he's, in, he's there. So you don't know. Is he there? Oh. Or is he not there? It's very, very clever. So basically, she's in a very abusive relationship with her husband. She decides okay. to leave her husband. She then hears that her husband has actually committed suicide. Now, he is a very, very famous um, uh, scientist who's been working in kind of the field of optics. and uh, But he's very, very controlling. And so there was actually part of her because we're relieved when he wasn't uh, around anymore. When he was dead, yeah. He then leaves her $5 million. Um, and the, the way in which she will receive the money if she behaves herself, if she doesn't come into contact with the kind of police or the authorities or if she misbehaves, she will get that money. She then feels as though there is somebody in the house whenever she's there. There is somebody in the room when she's there, but nobody obviously believes her because they said, you know. Yeah. But he, she believes that he has found a way to make himself invisible. And that he's in the house with her. And that he's in the house with her. Oh. And it's beautifully and cleverly done. As I say, they frame it in such a way that you don't know if he's there. Is he there? Is this all in her imagination? Has he developed a suit? Is he really um, uh, dead? Or is he really invisible? And there's a couple of scenes which are very, very clever where the, it's actually filmed from his his uh, viewpoint as if he was in the room but he's not in the room so all the time the director here which is uh, his name is uh, Lee Wannell he's an Australian director keeps you guessing the whole way through re- almost right up to the end because so you're not going to tell us obviously what happened why right up, yeah right up yeah. to the end you actually think maybe she's psychologically yeah. breaking down yeah. maybe it's her and it's not uh, him and maybe he's not actually invisible at all it's beautifully made and I said I said uh, this, um, this held, held your attention throughout then uh, completely so yeah, yeah. now the there are times when it does fall into horrific kind of there are a few horrific scenes one of them I went whoa which I didn't really expect and it's an extraordinary scene so there are times I think it's a 15 or 16 insert which I think is probably right but as uh, for these things go it could have been terrible it should have been terrible maybe with a small budget but it never looks cheap and it's very well made brilliant performance by Elizabeth Moth who holds the whole thing together and it all works it really is well terrific. done to Elizabeth Moth and well, it's made, worth, it's well made, worth going to see it at the it's cinema it's made something like 60 million dollars so it's yeah. well done well yeah. done it's, it's called The Invisible Man. It's in the cinemas at the moment. Mark it out of 10. I'll give it nine. Nine out of 10. Okay. And then on DVD, uh, Papillion. It's Papillon. Oh, Papillon. Oh, sorry. Papillon, which is... As in the... Butterfly. butterfly. It's French for butterfly. Yeah. And uh, the reason why it's called Papillon is because this is about a French contact, uh, convict by the name of Henri Cherrier who used to Henri. have... Who used to have a, um, a tattoo of a butterfly on his chest. Okay. And so that's where it came from. Steve McQueen uh, played him in the original film back in 1973. It was Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I'm old enough to have seen it in the cinema when it came out and I remember just thinking that it was just one of the most extraordinary things I ever saw. I mean, it's... 
it was it was deep and it was nasty, but it was very very entertaining. So again, we have a situation where again the Hollywood you know being very lazy is just making a sequel. Do we need it? Yeah. Again, every time one of these sequels comes out or when they re- remake these old classics, do we need it? Ben Hur is a very good example for me. Ben Hur, the, the, the most recent Ben Hur, was one of the worst films ever made. Absolutely, and nothing could compare with the initial. Exactly, Ben-Hur. and that's possibly part of the problem with this film. But, but then again, I'm a little older than maybe you know most of the target audience of this. I remember the that film. They wouldn't have a lot of people going to it wouldn't have seen the original. Exactly. One. So the, yeah. sh- the shadow of the original kind of hangs over this all the time. Here, instead of Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman, we do have Charlie Hunnam and um, Remy Malik, who are both. Oh, oh Remy Malik is terrific in this. I always have had a problem with. Charlie Hunnam. I don't think he's a particularly great actor, but he plays the character here of uh, Honey Sherrier. Uh, they're imprisoned in this notorious Devil's Island penal colony, where basically human life means basically nothing, and they are mistreated and and uh, treated horribly, and people die, and they constantly are in the process of trying to find a way of escaping. And um, it's very old-fashioned the way it looks, although they have turned the violence up to eleven. But again, it's nowhere near as good as the original film. So what I would say to people, if you have a chance. Uh, of seeing either try and see, see the, the 1973 original. film because okay. it is way better than this. I've just spotted Eve Hewson, is in it? Which is interesting. Bono's because, daughter. Exactly. Because yeah. Eve Hewson and Charlie Hunnam were also in the Robin Hood movie uh, which came out last year which is kind of interesting. They've uh, yeah, And she's better in this than she was in that. I okay. think. It's a small part but she, you know, she's very pretty, she's very beautiful but she is very good in this. She much better after than her she mother, was. I have to say. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, no, no disrespect to Bono. And uh, yeah, so Charlie Hunnam, I'm disappointed. I don't think he's really, really that great. There are times, there, are, for example, there's a scene uh, kind of a montage of the film where uh, he said in, he's sent into solitary confinement he loses a lot of weight and it's because they don't give him any uh, food and he's meant to be kind of basically torn apart by being in kind of the darkness all the time but he comes out still looking like a male model you just kind of think <laughs> really really uh, yeah so pa- yeah pa- so Papillon I wasn't hugely entertained but I was never bored ok Mark out of 10 I'll give it 6 6 out of 10 ok and then DVD is streaming thank you for that Mark have a lovely week we'll chat next Friday just getting breaking news that Middleton the organisers of Middleton St Patrick's Day Parade they've posted Postponed the parade in Middleton, adding to the one that we heard about from y'all earlier on. So that's no St. Patrick's Day parade, y'all are Middleton this year. And we also got onto the OPW about um, Anthony's email where he was at Donneray Park and there was nothing to in the soap dispenser and they said thank you for pointing it out to us and they're going to sort it out and uh, get it rectified today. Nick Richards is up next with the feel good factor and these tunes. Nick from one, Martina from four with Feel Good Friday. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing the programme. We will be back with you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, stay safe. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts. Regional reports only on C103. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 